Hello and welcome to this, the 20th, what? Episode of this season of the How Long to Beat podcast. Air horns, boom, 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 boom. As always, it's Alex, Paula, and me, Rick, uh, with you to talk about the stuff we've been beating, retiring, and playing this week. This being the first full week as of recording um, of the month. We've got a segment um, on the Fantasy Critic League as well. Um, and this week, we're going to do a topic and a question as normal. No more speed run mailbag shenanigans. Uh, and we'll finish off with everyone's favorite. Say it with me. How, How long, long to beat, beat the, the game? game? I stopped before you started on my end. There's no wow. way that aligns. <laughs> one day. Absolutely none. It will. Um, one day. Uh, quick one bit day. of housekeeping as well before we, uh, before we jump forward. Alex, what you just told us about. Uh, the site update oh yeah everjud just posted a thing you can now export all of your playthroughs if you're into that which is pretty great not a bad idea to you know back up your playthrough somewhere and keep a record of what you got so that's a new feature on the site pretty cool and that's all i know about it so far <laughs> um, but also on that note abatage is back this week and he's got a little roundup for fantasy critic league for february let's give it a listen What's up everybody, I'm Abitage and welcome to your How Long To Beat 2021 Fantasy Critic League Roundup for February. There was a good bit of movement on the leaderboard this month and a bunch of pickups thanks to new announcements during the Nintendo Direct and even Stony's State of Play, although a few other games were confirmed to be delayed, so let's see how it all panned out. This month saw Funky Face Studios take the top spot, surprisingly from a clever counterpick on Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood, which crashed and burned with a low score of 53, giving the studio a solid 13 for betting against it. Not long after that, the Neo Collection released with a very strong 88 on OpenCritic, adding 18 points to their total and placing them firmly in the number one spot on the leaderboard. Thankfully for the rest of us, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection had a mild release and only added 4 points to Funky Face's domination of February. Speaking of Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood, its failure meant that CD Product Refund kicked off their year by losing 13 points, sending them to the bottom of the board. Let's see if they're able to maintain such a sunken position as the year progresses. Meanwhile, after losing the top spot, my publisher Abisoft stayed in second position thanks to the release of Little Nightmares 2, which brought a solid 13 points. However, it seemed that nobody really wanted to review the sexy puzzle game Honey Pop 2 Double Date as it took almost the entire month to achieve its meagre score of 72, adding a paltry two points to the total. Both Noise Labs and Cockroach Content Corp had no new releases during February, but they were both pushed down a spot thanks to Funky Face Studios showing up strong. Frozen Frog received their first points after the release of Bravely Default 2 towards the end of the month, which brought them a solid eight points to get started. And finally, Horny Mistress was bumped down a couple of spots thanks to the new entries, but still has a lot of releases to look forward to. There were also a few games confirmed as will not release in 2021, so if you have one of those, be sure to check if it's been counterpicked, as you may be able to drop it and pick up something that will bring points instead. Then again, maybe getting a guaranteed zero is a strategy to stick with, as it's a surefire way to know you're not going to lose any points. So let's see what happened with bids and pickups during February. General Goods successfully acquired Total War Warhammer 3 for $5 and the long-awaited Biomutant for $5, leaving them with $90 left in their budget. 
CD Projekt Rick successfully acquired Narita Boy for a dollar and Sifu for $6, leaving them with $91 left in their budget. Mango made the most acquisitions during February, starting with the rumored 2D Metroid sequel, which is unannounced, for a dollar, the Great Ace Attorney collection, which is only rumored, for $15, and finally, Famicom Detective Club, The Missing Air, for $15, leaving them with a very special 69 left in their budget. Frozen Frog came out swinging with some big numbers to outbid Noise Labs and secure Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl for $34, leaving them with 56 left in their budget. Noise Labs successfully acquired The Legend of Mana Remaster for $15, leaving them with $80 left in their budget. Abisoft successfully acquired The Artful Escape for $2, leaving them with $94 left in their budget. Funky Face Studios spent the most money out of everyone during February, successfully outbidding Frozen Frog for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD for $31, as well as acquiring Mario Golf Super Rush for $22, leaving them with only $40 left in their budget, the current lowest remaining budget in the league. So that's how the Hell on to Beat Fantasy Critic League shaped up for February 2021. Best of luck to everyone during March. And we're back. I had a very good February in Fantasy Critic League. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that's the only good month you I know, have right? because I'm, you I killed it. Bask in it. Yeah, I want to bask <laughs> in the enjoyment. So I'm, I'm Funky Face Studios for those who aren't sure. But I want to just bask in the fact that it's like I had some good games, good pickups. Hopefully that lasts. <laughs> yeah, me. The, the coming, like, oh, for sorry, some reason, like my games like keep getting like pushed back a little bit. So, uh, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, was supposed to come out in March and got delayed. Mm-hmm. So, no points for me yet. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that one's going to uh, pay off. Nah. Unlike Breath of the Wild, which totally is not going to pay off for me. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that, was, yeah. that, was, that was an aspirational pick that is uh, backfiring spectacularly. But the cope is, Paolo won it last year. Mm-hmm. If you win it this year... Next year's got to be me. That yeah. that's just how it works, right? That's how, that's exactly how it works. I mean, let's just say it's still extremely too early. <laughs> uh, I'm just really hoping the yep. rest of my picks pan out, but we'll see. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Shall we move on to what we've beaten recently? Yes, let's. Uh-huh. Paula, do you want to kick us off because you were very excited in the private chat we've got going about your completion this week? Right. I only got one completion, but it's one hell of a conclusion in many ways. Um, so, Osmafia, or the PC, it is available right now on Steam in English, and is the only place where you can play it in English because the uh, Vita version and Switch version are Japan only. I'm wondering if it is for a good reason because there's a lot to unravel here. So, in Osmafia, you play as Fuka, and you pretty much wake up in a dark alley without your memories, and there is a guy trying to kill you. In your escape, you run into Familia Oz, that is pretty much Axel, Karamiya, and Kirie, each of them inspired in uh, the characters from The Wizard of Oz. That is uh, the Tin Man, the Lion, and the Scarecrow. Fuka is pretty much taken in. Uh, by 
uh, this mafia family for some reason. And she very much has to, at some point, decide what to do if she can recover her memories. And the story pretty much uh, goes, on, goes on from there. Even if the game is called Lost Mafia, there are like other families inspired by other tales, like the Familia Grimm that is inspired by, well, the tales from the Grimm brothers, like Hansel and Gretel, um, Scarlet is based off the Little Red Riding Hood, and Hamelin from Fight Piper of Hamelin. I, I hope I didn't butcher that. No, you nailed it. You're real good. Beautiful. And this one that was like a little lesser known to me was Familia Anderson. Hans Christian, because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there are characters based off the Ugly Duckling, the Little Match Girl, which I never heard of before uh, this game. And Thumbelina. And finally, Familia Boots. Guess which tale is that based off of? Oh, well, Puss in Boots. Yeah, okay, yeah, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's like one final family, um, the only member I know from that family is Haiti, and that's pretty much it, and they're like, like two, uh, kind of neutral grounds, f um, in this mafia world that is like the clinic, that is Sherwood Clinic, but for some reason there's like one doctor in this city, and it is based off of, uh, Robin Hood. Oh, right. There's also the Wolfgang, that is that like um, a group of people that aren't affiliated with any mafia and they kind of like causing trouble in general. Um, and the leader is kind of like based off of the big bad, big bad wolf. And finally, and this caught me off, war off guard completely, both in like what it is and what the inspiration is. Uh, and that's the Oscar Wilde brothel. And the leader, or the kind of like owner of the place, Doran Gray, is based off of um, this kind of story that was, I think, published in some magazine. That is the picture of Dorian Gray. And holy crap, I, mm. <laughs> I heard it was like censored for the magazine. And even then, it was like a nebigal. Yeah, or it's a heavy one. It is a heavy one. So yeah, that's like more or less the whole cast of the game. Now the routes. Like, there are a lot of routes. There's like the three main routes, but each has like four vari variations. And this is like another aspect I've never seen done in an automatic game or visual before. It's like doing these like love triangles, and there's like actually like some sort of conflict between the family members. Uh, that was weird. Not gonna lie, that was weird. It, it was like pretty hit or miss for me, like um, in the at least in the triangle variations. Um, but uh, as as you go like through the routes, you get to know like actually like where the characters came from and why are they like the way they are because. They are not only like based on the Wizard of, of with the Wizard of Oz characters. It is heavily like implied that they were actually like the lion, the demon, and the scarecrow. But at least at the beginning of the game, 
they actually have like um, an abundance of what they originally like were looking for. And uh, the way they explain the stuff and how um, what they used to be affects their like uh, day to day life was actually kind of like well done, like in my opinion. And still, I don't know how the scarecrow kind of like ended up being like a total asshole. Like, I've seen unlikable characters, and this one takes the cake. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Um, for, and this is like the one thing that kind of like ticked me up a little bit is that there's so many routes, and the way you, um, I guess getting to the routes is like um, in this city, you have like these mafia families and it's like they fight each other. But for some arbitrary reason, some days are like um, sacred and no one fights in this town. It's like if someone fights on Sunday, they're like likely to uh, be given like a death penalty jail time of, or whatever. And or like pay an enormous amount of money in some cases as well. Hmm. And uh, it's like you select like the person you want to spend your Sunday with. And then you get to know like their side of the conflict and their side of the family very much and like their morals and how they got to the town if they got to the town like by other means or... And they start like dropping these like small pieces of knowledge about how this town came to be. So you get to slowly unravel the mystery of, uh, of the town and of who the hell Fuka is because the girl has amnesia and pretty much no way to recover her memories throughout the story. Um, I feel like in some of the routes, like the story took a huge setback and some of the routes were questionable to say the least. Like if I see my notes here, uh, it was like, okay, I, I feel uncomfortable uh, with this route. Okay, this is really fucked up. Okay, scratch the previous one. This is like instant no for me. So I actually ended up like skipping one, on, one of the routes. So. Uh, just so I could get like um, the the CG and the final like great finale kind of ending because if you want to play the give me a second here yeah the epilogue the epilogue you have to clear the game like at least once for every route and every route has at least two endings which is a lot. Uh, though each route is about two hours long, but there are like a lot of routes. So for me, at least I beat the game in like about 36 hours. So the, the steam page says 12 routes and 20 plus endings. Yep. That's accurate. That's really accurate. But if you want to get the grand ending and get all the answers, and that was so like, oh my God, why, why are you doing this? So, like, the epilogue already, already gives you, like, a lot of answers, but if you want, like, the best ending of the game and all the explanations possible, you have to get the grand ending, and for that, you have to 
um, get all the CGs or pictures on the game. Uh, so very much you have, uh, there's like a percentage on the gallery, a uh, completion percentage of, on the gallery, and you have to get to 99 before being able to get to the grand ending. And here's where I actually ran into a little, no, it wasn't a little, it was an enormous problem here, because there's a glitch. You can run into this glitch and not be able to get the the grand ending because um some of the um CGs happen like in a very specific circumstances for some reason they do not always trigger so what i ended up doing and i i am so glad it actually worked because if it didn't i would have dropped the game immediately you have to change the the name of the character at the beginning of the game for some reason that uh, solves the problem completely. It's not like uh, using the default uh, name for the character does anything. But if you're running into a glitch, just change name, do the route again, and you get the, the CG. I have a question, Paolo. Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> it is a wonderful question, Rick. I wish oh. I could answer that. Oh my God. Oh, like, so would you recommend playing this? I'm not... <laughs> I, I feel you. like Osmafia is a very difficult game to recommend. Mm. Like You have to be like a very specific kind of ultimate player to like this one. Gotcha. Uh, because of the more um, questionable shit in the game. But as of the world, like how the world is built and how you have like all these different characters that are, most of them are really well developed. Okay. Uh, it, it's such a shame that it, you actually have this stupid glitch that was never fixed on Steam. It's and okay. it only happens on Steam. And that's the only way you can play it in English. But Exactly. But on the plus uh, side, for that genre, you've actually got choice if you want a mafia-based Atome game because you've got Pure Fury. <laughs> yeah, if you want a um, mafia-based Atome game, Pure Fury is a far better choice. Okay. It's like and... a niche within a niche. Sounds like you should just play the and... Among Us if you want a fairy tale story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, actually, yeah. the thing that actually like put me off the most is that of Ma Us Mafia has a 15 years and up rating. I don't know how he got it. Uh. I don't know why it is a 15 plus. So for a mafia game, Pio uh, Fiore, for a more like, I guess like something that feels more of a fairy tale without really being it, um, called Realize. And yeah, they're like, I'm sure like there are people that love the game with everything. Not, I I'm not one of them. There, there were like times that I was like really happy playing the game, but there were times that I was so disturbed that I couldn't actually read the dialogue. And yeah. I feel like it, the the routes were like some of them weren't as good at as the others in terms of like overall writing and pacing. So even if it has like a lot of routes and a lot of options, I wouldn't recommend going through all of them. At least you want to see the big ending and in that case you suck ahead and skip the the ones you don't want to see yeah, or google it um. <laughs> yeah, or google it I, i'm sure there's like a youtube is your best friend yeah. youtube by someone who nice. did the thing 
Well, thank you. So yeah, I have so many mixed feelings about this this game. Uh, wait, it was still oh, good, sorry. but with questionable stuff. I'm sorry. No, Rick, please take Rick, the microphone wanna, away from me. Do you want to go to town? <laughs> go on then. Um, I beat when I last spoke to you to 11, 15 games this week. Um, most of which will be released to here. I'm not going to talk about because we're going to do uh, a feature segment later in the month. So keep your ears peeled for that. Um, in terms of what I played and I do want to talk about, the first one, just because it's it sort of off the back of you playing it last week, Alex, is uh, Super Mario Land 2 mm. on the Game Boy, specifically the color slightly broken audio hack. Um, Which, it's great. To be I fair, found it. The audio wasn't broken on mine when I played it, but. Well. I could I can only judge what was in front of me. Yeah. Um it's a lot easier than I remember it being as a kid. I think that comes to the territory. Um but otherwise I don't really have much to add. Like it's a great time. It still holds up. Yeah. Um would recommend it to most people. Um yeah, it's great. <laughs> really liked revisiting that one. Um I also played um the game of the month, Journey. And this is one that divides opinion, mm-hmm. I think, because it it sort of touches on the what is a game question a little bit. Mm. Um, it also leans in, into the cinematic side of things, foreshadowing. Um, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. I think it achieves what it sets out to do, which is to evoke a mood, evoke certain feelings and emotions, um, to make you think about what what you're doing to get where you're going more than where you're going because the, the the purpose of the top of the mountain isn't really ever clear like the, the the story in as much as there is a story um is thematic it's like um a hero's journey thing mm-hmm. with without any of those roles filled in um and i think it works and i think a large part of that is just because it looks and sounds incredible and for that hour, hour and a half that you're in it, it holds you. But not a moment more. I think it's very overpriced for what you get for it, truly. And I think it probably came at the perfect time um, for for journalists to blow their collective loads over it, which both made it more than it is and also opened the door for people to criticise it more than it deserved. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's good, and uh, it was my second playthrough. I, I played it way back when on the PS3. This was a replay on PS4. Um, I liked going back to it. I can't see myself ever going back to it again, <laughs> okay. which isn't necessarily it isn't necessarily even a criticism of it. It's just it, it, it is. Have either of you played that one, by the way? I know it's the one for yeah. the month at the moment. I beat it all. Uh, I'm just not going back to it because I'm not plugging my PS4 back in. Um, I'm just like... <laughs> Until you get 13 Sentinels, I guess, Rin. Oh, no, no, no. I think the PS4 Actually, is dead. I have killed it. I think I'll plug it in when I get a PS5 one day. I'll play the game. It'll just be in the PS5 era. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, I, I like the game from what I remember. Um, I think it's just it's cool. You know, I mean, it also, it was sort of at a time before short indie experiences like that were so accessible, you know? Um like I on found, console sure yeah you know what i mean like like uh because pc's whole thing but like on console there just weren't as many of those and like now i feel like there's just been such a there's such a proliferation of it that i think if like you said if that were released now i don't think it would have really it would have been 
pretty big but not huge right but it came out when there wasn't as much of a focus as that there were no there's no grease or any of these other games out there right also hot take i think if it comes out when streaming is more of a thing doesn't sell a quarter of what it sells at that length with that little mechanical involvement um the other thing i do want to highlight before we move on um because i didn't really get the the power of it the first time but on replay i did uh, which is the the cooperative aspect Mm. um because obviously it does this thing where like random players will be match made into your game uh and you can't like type to them or anything you can just like make the little noise on the circle button but you can also use that to fly and there's um or sort of fly you can like regen each other's health and do this like sort of dance into the air with each other which is lovely and there's there's a bit about a third of the way into the game just before the bit where you know where it's like sunset and you're sliding downhill in the sand just before that where you've got like these up and down sand dunes that are a bit of a slog to get through which like obviously they've done so that you feel the slide much more um but obviously i'd already seen that on my first playthrough so i, I wasn't exactly looking forward to doing it again but I got match made with somebody and we ended up just doing the jump trick and, and soared over the whole thing. And it, it, it evokes the feeling that it's meant to evoke. And I had a similar experience um, just past the halfway point in sort of the underwatery section, um, which was lovely. And I think that's when it makes the most sense. When... Actually, Sorry, go on. it wasn't like um, after I played the game that I learned that you were actually like but with someone else in the game hmm oh you thought it was just um, like an ai yeah back then because huh. it was like when i just got my ps4 and i had like a trial of the um online thingy ps now ps now uh so i started playing it and i actually like found like really cool like um, it's like, oh, the, the AI is doing stuff, and and I saw the 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 other player uh, effectively like collecting stuff and uh, jumping around the place, and it was funny because at the time, I I just thought it was an AI, but looking back, it was so obvious not an AI. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice at the end that they give you everyone's name, so it's like obviously you've got no way to contact them, but it's like a, a sense of camaraderie in a weird way. Um, yeah, yeah, especially like in this snowy area. Yes, yeah. Although I, I thought they they made that far more than it needed to be to to give the massive. Yeah. I just found that annoying both playthroughs. But again, like over an hour on total, it's not really the end of the world. Um, and from one hour to like an hour and a half, uh, my next completion was a uh, top down twin stick shooter for the Vita uh, called Time Recoil. Um, it's from a company called Ten Tons. They've made a few. Um, and the, the conceit is that when you shoot someone, time starts to slow down. Like there's a whole time travel story, which is far more engaging than it has any right to be hmm. for, for what is just an excuse to go through various kill theaters. Um, it's good fun. It's surprisingly good fun because the, the Vita sticks aren't necessarily amazing for precision shooting. But because of the time mechanic, there's actually a lot of forgiveness in terms of time to aim and, and do things. Um, loads of fun. I got it on sale. I think it's still on sale. Um, it's like £3 or, or your regional equivalent. And I think for that price, if you've got a Vita, 
uh, and a couple of hours to kill. It's a great one to play. I, uh, I, I didn't really have any specific criticism of it. Like what it did was good. It's just, it didn't do loads, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's a real solid seven, um, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, I then uh, beat Metal Slug 2 for the PSP, which um, I'm liking my foray into the Metal Slug series. It's very nice. It uh, reminds me of the feeling I got playing the first couple of God of Wars in the sense that it's sort of all thriller, no filly. It's just bang, 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 bang. Um, number two definitely ups the ante in terms of um, level variety level gimmick variety, uh, boss variety. There's an excellent boss at the end of the second mission where you're like jumping up a tower and this big fuck off mechanical snake is like slowly chomping its way up and you have to jump and shoot down and then like time everything around. Um, Just the perfect sense of like being on the edge of control, fending this enemy off. Um, And there's loads of moments just like the first one and, and just like, to a lesser extent, first mission on the uh, on the Neo Geo Pocket, where the thrill just takes over. Um, there's also a lot of slowdown. I'm hoping that's fixed in X when I get round to that, which is like the um, the fixed port of two that they did. Um, there's also a lot of cheapness. For every moment that's excellent, like that boss battle, uh, there's a moment where you feel like you've been cheesed for a quarter, even though you're not in the arcade anymore. Um, on balance, I think I like it about as much as I like Metal Gear. Metal Gear, fuck me. Metal <laughs> Slug One, um, but for slightly different reasons. Um, and if you can get a hold of them, which you can on an emulator, or um, you can run a PSP emulator on a fridge at this point. And the anthology collection is an easy way to play one through six. So I would wholeheartedly recommend that. Uh, next up is three, but I'm not sure if I'll maybe give it a week or two before I jump to that. Just a, um, a note too, Metal Slug 3 is free on Games with Gold right now, the 360 version. So for those who subscribe to any Microsoft things, you can join Rick. <laughs> and Stroke or if you happen to have um, an Amazon Prime account and you connect that up to Twitch, uh, for Twitch Prime or whatever it's called, uh, they've got tons of Neo Geo games um, that they're just giving away for free, um, including, I believe, Metal Slug's 2 and three um and then there's also a load of other random ones so there's like the 40th anniversary collection um the shock troopers one and two the point is there's loads of ways to play these games Hmm. the one way you shouldn't play them i think i mentioned this a few weeks ago uh the anthology collection on ps4 uh is an emulation of a ps2 game emulating the arcade versions so there's like a couple of layers of abstraction and uh, the input lag is atrocious it borderline unplayable so i uh i made the mistake so you don't have to and really i didn't have to because the internet's quite clear on how bad these things are already if i'd done like the tiniest bit of research i would have known um but yeah so just they're 20 years old at this point. Go and download them on your computer. SNK don't need your money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the rest of my games, and as I say, we'll, we'll come to this sort of in a future segment. We're all um, itch.io, like homebrew extravaganza things. It's all like little five, 10 minute experiences. Now I've got tons of these. So you guys are going to play a few and we're going to talk about them um, in aggregate um, in a couple of weeks. But there are three that I want to really briefly highlight in their own right now 
um collectively you can play them all in 20 to 30 minutes and hopefully pal will be kind enough to put the links in the youtube description when we've done all the editing and you can go click them and play them yourself uh the first is six cats under it's a little bit like ghost trick like you're a woman who's died and you need to try and open your front door so that your cats can like get out and not starve to death in your locked apartment Hmm. so you've got to like muck around with the things in the room uh more charming than it has any right to be given the subject matter and just a really nice little puzzle room um self which reminded me a lot of celeste uh both thematically although it handles it a little bit differently but also mechanically um in the sense that it's sort of single screen rooms and you've got to um using a, a slightly weird dash power um activate all the nodes and then get to the door without dying um, and you can land on things a little bit like you can in Celeste, where it recharges your dash. Really well put together. Uh, again, free. I beat it in 10 minutes. They're talking about maybe making a full thing out of it, and I wholeheartedly hope they do. Uh, and then the last one, if you want like a five-minute feel fest, uh, it's called Novena, N-O-V-E-N-A. Um, and it's like an interactive poem. So like most of them on itch, when you click it in browser, uh, it says run game. This one says run poem. So like you're moving from point to point. It's like a, a pixel art walking simulator. Um, but the writing is phenomenal. And uh, I legitimately welled up at the end of it. It was a beautiful little four minutes sort of experience. And um, yeah, I, with the other two, I feel like it's, it's a nice finish. The other two are sort of more mechanically focused. And then this is just a nice sort of bookender. Cool. Um, so yeah, that that's all of my itch for now and all of my completions with it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so if people know, basically I've gotten Rick a little addicted to Game Boy Color. <laughs> uh, I, I was, yeah, and like I've played tons of Game Boy Color stuff and there's like a sick homebrew scene. Um, and so we're going to dive into some of those and then some that aren't necessarily just specifically to the Game Boy, but like just homebrew in general um next week which is gonna be pretty fun i'm excited i'm very much looking forward to that episode <laughs> it is like the short game portal i knew i needed but never knew yeah. was right there in front of me the whole time it's, pretty awesome. it's been it's been wonderful my, my weekend was literally just like backlogging a ton of them and playing a few of them <laughs> it's so cool because a lot of them you could play right on right on the original game boy hardware right like i popped them out of my game boy color and play games on there and it's incredible um okay so i'll, I'll talk a little bit about i beat um one massive giant that I'd been playing all February, which was Yakuza Zero. It is over. I have completed it. And <laughs> only six to go. Yeah. But actually <laughs> though, um, that game is fucking nuts. So like, I, I'm going to talk about this game more actually um, in our topic this week, because I think it fits very nicely in there. Um, but it's a, it's, it, it's, this game's weird. And I liked it a lot. <laughs> like it's just, pacing wise it's not not so great i will say there are some pacing issues in the game where sometimes you're like okay so here you get to play a game for a whole bunch and then it's like now you're gonna watch two hours um of a movie and you're just like (laughs) and a good movie like don't get me wrong a very good movie but you're like holy crap as you like sit there like at one point my controller my xbox did like the fade to like slight black thing where like the idle thing because i hadn't touched any of the controls in so long and my partner was like what was that was it a glitch and i was like no it means i haven't touched any inputs <laughs> and i'm like now to be fair that was at like the very end of the game basically so like 
okay, you know, they're doing... No, like, not okay, yeah, not was, okay. I had beaten the game. Like, I had finished the, like, it was like when I had um, beaten the boss kind of thing. And so it was like showing me the end and it was like wrapping things up. And I realized this game has to set up a lot for the next one. Because um, it's a retcon, not a retcon, but like a prequel after the fact, yeah. isn't it? In yeah. fairness, yeah. But honestly, and like a lot of people have said this, and I think I agree that like it's really worth playing before you've played the other ones. Now, there are things in the game where I'm just like, why are we spending so much time with this dude? Is this person important later? And I'm assuming they are, but I'm looking forward to figuring it out uh, afterwards. I just like seeing the transformation of some of the characters in it. So yeah, wacky ass game. Um, but But good. But very good. And I'm excited to play Kiwami now. I'm going to jump into the next one. But I'm going to give myself a little bit of a buffer between them because there's a lot. Uh, then I went back to, I think, another quintessential Japanese game, which is Dragon Warrior, better known as Dragon Quest. But in the US, it was Dragon Warrior. I think in Europe, too, it was Dragon Warrior, was it? It know. was. Didn't yeah. you literally start this yesterday? No, no, no. I started this a couple of days ago. Um, I didn't realize you finished it already. That's caught me out as well. Yeah, not many. It's not long. Dragon Warrior is not that long. Um, on how long to beat it has like nine hours. But so here's the deal. I played it with, and I wholeheartedly, 1000% recommend this to anyone. There's a ROM hack of this game that does double the experience and double the gold from all your battles. Do not play it without that. Because if you do, it will artificially increase the length of your game by four hours. Honest to God. <laughs> I beat the game in like five hours and it felt short, sweet, and very enjoyable. <laughs> and I was like going through, I was able to buy all the cool equipment. I was able to, you know, level up appropriately. It felt like each time I got to a new area, I was like just on par with people. It was very fun. Um, but honestly, if you played this lower, you would never get nearly enough gold and you would probably yeah. be grinding for so long. Um as someone that actually played this game like without the the rom hack i highly recommend to get the rom hack because i remember like um pretty much like killing slime after slime after slime yeah. and getting killed by something else at some point yeah. just to get enough experience and enough gold to um actually not die in the next section of the game yes yeah. that. And that's why I'm saying if you play it with the wrong hack, none of that, none of those problems at all. Um, it just genuinely makes the game fun and easy to explore. And one other thing is like, you definitely want to have a map while you're playing this. And so like, even the game manual, like I looked up the game manual and they have a nice map. Um, and so I looked up another one too, though. It's funny. The nest localization has different names than the Game Boy Color. Anyway, of course it, it might yeah. be, maybe it's limitations, like text limitations, maybe, but like Erdrick is no longer the name of the hero. It's Loto. Um, which maybe Loto is more towards the Japanese. I don't know. But all I can tell you is the names are different of all the towns. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I think the Game Boy Color names of the towns actually match up more with Dragon Quest Eleven and stuff. So I'm like, those must be the appropriate names. And the original ones on the NES were probably just like the, nobody will get it in America names. Where they're like, let's turn them into yeah, these ones. Yeah, to be the Game Boy Color um names for the places are the ones they actually use for the phone and switch remix okay mm. then, they're the good, the thing, so. then they're the right ones yeah um yeah i i really recommend it so like i'm gonna do dragon warrior 2 eventually which i hear people sort of are like more on than this one but 
what I will say, something that I really loved about this game is the fact that there was no really like direct thing you're supposed to do. Um, like it tells you, like it, everyone says like it's not clear what you're supposed to do, but it is extremely clear what you're supposed to do. There was only <coughs> one thing. There's only one moment where I had to be like, what the fuck is this thing? Uh, and for those who know, it's in Tantagel Castle. And we'll just say, make sure you explore the periphery of that castle because there's something that's hidden that is annoying. But everything else, like everybody you talk to is like, when rain and sun meet, the bridge occurs. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like they spell everything out for you. So like you you just have to explore the world and you'll know what to do. And I liked that. I was taking notes as I was playing it. I was like, that's fun. I kind of miss doing stuff like that. Um, and there wasn't so much to explore that it was impossible. It was just like, go figure it out. Have an adventure. Um, so I dug it. I dug it. <laughs> Before we move on, can we just like recognize how shocking Squeenix's mobile pricing is? Because I was thinking about getting one of the Dragon Quest games for for, for mobile. They want like £25 for it. Yeah. And it, it's not just them. Nippon, NIS, whichever one it is. They want £32 for Disgaea 1 on mobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They price that, that's a port of a 20-year-old PS2 game yep. that's been on everything. Yeah. They can... I'm just going to say that I tend to forget that uh, mobile games and games in some uh, storefronts are so like differently priced uh, by region because it cost me like five bucks or less. Wow. <laughs> I, I, there you go. I, I think you probably are owed that given all the other ways you're screwed in terms of game pricing. <laughs> you deserve yeah. the cheap mobile games. <laughs> you, you don't can have that one, ones, I'm good. Like for PC and for mobile, the, the prices are actually like really nice here. Well, that's what we have beaten, which we've beaten a lot. And now we're entering into what we have retired, which I'm just going to dive right in because I got one thing. Keep the ball rolling. That's yes, kind please. Of two things. Yeah. So I retired the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy and kind of the second one, but not really. But I'll explain because essentially I had a sad thing happen. Um, I had a flash card, Easy Flash Jr., which turns out. You just get an EverDrive. It costs a lot of money, but get an EverDrive. This is better uh, because Easy Flash Junior. It does the save by you shut off, and when you turn it back on, it backs up the save, right? Whereas the EverDrive, the most recent ones have like internal one. They also have save states, which is great. Um, but what happened is that the Pokemon Trading Card Game, both of the games, had kind of what I think is sort of a revolutionary save system, where if you shut off in the middle of a card battle, it would auto save where you were in that battle, which is pretty cool, honestly. Like, you turn it on, it says, hey, you're Whoa. in the middle of a duel. Would you like to resume the duel? And I'm like, this is not a Game Boy cartridge? I'm like, shit, yeah, I'd like to resume yeah. the duel, uh, right? But on the Easy Flash Junior, what I've noticed is that occasionally, if you turn off in the middle of a battle, when you turn on the thing and back up your save, it's all gone. Everything's gone. It's just erased your data entirely. So I was playing the, the first one, and I got about like probably halfway through the game, erased all my data. I was probably three quarters of the way through the second one, erased all my data. And I was like, oh, I was like 11 hours into the second one. <laughs> and that's what made me get an EverDrive. And I've had no problem since. But the reason I say kind of retired the second one uh, is because I downloaded a save file that has all of the cards. And so I've been occasionally playing through it again with like creating my own cool new decks. Um, and so that's been really fun. But it's kind of retired for the for the time being. Anyway, that's me. 
parked. I will jump in very quickly because I've got almost nothing to say about mine. I've got two retirements. Uh, the first one is a game called Gun Crazy. Um, it's really poorly designed. The pixel art's lovely, but like it, it's style actively hindering substance because when you shoot, like the entirety of your sprite and a good chunk of the area around you is covered by the flashy shooting animation. So you can't see a specific kind of enemy that's a little dot that just pops up around you and then fires bullets at you or drops on you. It's just an exercise in frustration. Uh, it's only half an hour long. I couldn't even bring myself to finish that. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So don't. like It's cheap, but don't even bother. It's not worth it. Uh, and then the other one, which kind of sucked, is uh, John Woo's Stranglehold. Um, it's a game that was the wrong publisher in the wrong year. It was midway at the start of the PS3 360 gen. So you can imagine just like how badly it controls, which is a shame because it's like a, a Max Payne kind of situation. And if it controlled properly, I'd probably love it. But it doesn't, and I just couldn't bring myself to crack on with it. Um, I played the first two levels, felt like I'd had my fill. Yeah, I bought that for like two bucks way back in the day yeah. on my 360. Even. Never played it. <laughs> don't, honestly, don't. Paula, what about you? I retire and This is like this underwater exploring game that is actually like re really, really pretty, and I was enjoying it a lot. But it kind of triggered me a little bit in the sense of as you explore, you go like uh, into the deepest part of the ocean and everything starts like getting darker. And there are like these places like there are like, um, they kind of make me feel like claustrophobic to an extent. And I got to a really dark place, really small place. And it was like, nope, I can't. I'm going to have a panic attack if I keep going. So <laughs> turn up the game. I'm so sorry, and let it be like a warning for those who like have either claustrophobia or any kind of like fear of the dark or like underwater stuff. It's like it's a good warning. He does all that. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. That sucks. Oh well. Um, that was a very good game. Yeah, it is like two hours. That's fair though. I mean, there are just some games, right? There's some scenarios you're like, I don't want to do that. No thanks. Right. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Dope. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. So from what we've retired to what we're playing, how, why don't you start this one, Rick? You haven't got to start today. Go on, man. Um, I've got four currently playings, all sort of very early, so there's not really much to go on. Um, I've The one I've probably got the most to say about is Hades, because I've actually started properly playing it again. It's been on my playing list for like a month, and I've barely touched it. Um, but I played like two hours um, over the weekend. I've had like about six escape attempts. I'm up to the second boss, which is like the, the Hydra. Uh, and I've settled on the bow and arrow as like the weapon I like at the moment. Um, I consistently do well with it, unlike any of the other weapons. I love Supergiant and it's more Supergiant. So like other than like having found my groove with the mechanics, everything else about it's great. So um, yeah, long may that continue. Um, I got back into Rocket League hard this week. Um, I ended up playing for like three hours. <laughs> on uh, on sunday evening when i meant to like dip in for a couple of games um it is like the best and the worst of me and it's still wonderful and it's a shame that epic have sort of ruined um the in-game economy and, and the way all of that works but they haven't ruined the fundamental game which five plus years after it launched is still fucking excellent 
and that's all I really come for now. Like I've got I've got the cosmetics I want. My car's a watermelon. I'm happy. I'm happy enough with it. I don't need any of the any of that shit. Um, and then I started Freedom Wars for the Vita. It's like um, a first party monster hunter sort of game uh, from Studio Japan. Rest in peace. Um, I like it so far. I'm not sure if I'll finish it because I'm not really usually into that genre. Um, but it's pretty cool for what it is. Uh, and then finally, I've uh, I started the multiplayer segment uh, of Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Um, it's more Ghost of Tsushima. The multiplayer, I don't think necessarily adds a lot to it, but it's more content and the the core gameplay is still great. Um, I'll probably know better once I've started playing the raids because I've done a little bit of survival and that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a nice little community sort of around that. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Um, but as as with all of the ones I've got playing at the moment, I'll probably have more to say in the weeks and months to come. So yes, that's me. Paula, what about you? What you doing? Uh, so I started Steam Prison and Atomic in that game recently to the Switch. An Atomic game? Uh, you don't normally play those. I don't normally play those. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm like only like half an hour in, so I don't have like much to say. It is a, it is a replay dude, but there's like a lot of new content. I'm also playing Gravity Rush because I finally got a Vita that has everything working properly. <laughs> Um, and so far, like, I'm like in chapter, let me see my notes. I think I'm in chapter two or three. I'm looking for a home right now. And it is, I really love the gameplay. It's like you're a gravity shifter or something like that. And well, you have amnesia. Never seen that in a video game before. And the character's name for now is Kat. So. Hopefully I can talk about it more like in the next week. Gravity Wish is lovely. Really great. It game. is beautiful. Um I'm also going back to 13 Sentinels. Yes. Finally. Join us. Um, <laughs> yeah, right now I'm still like in the prologue se- uh, section of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm currently like on wave six on on the battle sections. I don't know if that tells you anything, Rick. <laughs> it means you're very early and you've got lots of goodness to come. That's what it means. Like, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Like, it starts slow, but it's like building up to like this really, really nice, nice experience. And finally, the one I've been playing the most is um, Dai Gakuten Saiban, or the Great Ace Attorney for the 3DS. If you have a 3DS and if you can get your hands on a copy of the game. Um, if your 3DS is um, soft-modded, you can actually patch the game in English. And it is a very good English patch. And on this game, I'm currently like on chapter three. And even if it is like, it is a Saturn, but you're like on a different era, so like some, of the evidence you are able to find is a little bit different. And without spoiling much on the game, if you played, um, was it? Okay, if you played the, um, the crossover with Professor Layton, you know that in that game, the trials in terms of witnesses are a little bit different and that carries over to this game. 
Hmm. But so far, so good. Nice. Uh, I'm going to run through. Um, my... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I was going to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're going to lead me. Nice. Now we've just talked over each other. <laughs> I felt that natural <laughs> end there. It's good. Um, so I'm playing Super Mario 3D World. Uh, I'm playing with my partner. It's really fun with just two players. I think any more than that would probably be a nightmare. Um, but <laughs> pretty good in that sense. But doing Ring Fit again. Um, just keep going with it. It's nice. I just started Bioshock Remastered, which has been on my list to like play for a long time right now. Um, God damn, that game is good. Like, I have been sort of feeling a little bit with games. Like, I've been playing so many games, and I'm just like, sometimes the idea of playing more at this moment is like, ugh, I don't really want to, because, you know, we're stuck indoors. I can't really go out and do much. Um, but I sat down with Bioshock last night, and I was like, I'll just play a little bit. And then I was like, you know, an hour or so in, and I was like, oh my god, I, I don't want to stop playing. Like, it just really hooks you in. It's like nice sense of discovery, exploration, controls, which is just so smooth. It's a great game. I love it. Um, and I'm playing Kid Dracula on the Game Boy, um, which is really cheeky, really fun, and I will probably have it beaten by next week, so you'll probably hear more about that then. Uh, but needless to say, that's a that's a fun game. I, I do recommend checking that one out. It looks good. I've got it in the uh, anniversary collection on PS4. I'm quite looking forward to getting around to it eventually. On the big screen, not the little screen, but still. Yeah, I, I actually think it might be better on the little screen, but we'll see what it's like on the big one. I mean, it, it's sort of designed for that. Like some of those Game Boy games, when you blow them up, you're like, uh, okay, but maybe it'll be great on the big screen. Yeah, you almost realize how little's there, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's much. accurate. <laughs> um, time will tell. Good. Okay, nice. We did pretty good there. We're going to have time hey, for the topic and a question. Yeah. Speaking of the big screen. Uh, uh, what's on the big screen? The cinema. <laughs> See what you what? did there. Cinema. <laughs> it's cinematic. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. <laughs> so what we're talking about this week is, I guess, kind of in general, what are cinematic games, but also just cinematic <clears throat> games in general, right? Um, and I, I think sort of the first place to kind of go here is that the term cinematic is a little, I don't know about controversial is the right word, but like, there are just many, many, many different definitions of this, right? Um, for many of us, we'd say like a cinematic is like a cutscene, right? Um, whereas others define it as like a game as a whole feeling as though it is of cinema. Personally, I look at it more in the sense of like, is a game attempting to adapt or pay homage or try to be like a movie or television? And I actually think when we talk about this more later, but I think more games are going the television route necessarily than the, than the movie route uh, these days. But yeah, that's where I'm going to kind of go. What is cinematic games to you? What are they to you? Before I even go there, just on the TV thing, you've made a really interesting connection in my brain, which is quantum break, mm. which they tried to mix the two and it sort of didn't work. And I suppose that's interesting in terms of how I think about it, because I think about it, almost in a, in a sense of um, taking away player agency in service of a narrative. Mm. Um, and, and I think the quintessential game for that is your, uh, your Uncharted with these big scripted set pieces where um, you, you have a very linear path to travel in a, in a specific sort of couple of minutes uh, because they want to move the story in a certain way and this is how you're going to have to do it. Um, and that then it extends into lots of cutscenes interspersed, lots of times when you have to put the controller down. Um, the other interesting one, I think, in that vein uh, is Until Dawn. Yeah. 
which I, I, well, I right, dug that game. I don't think I would. It, it's one where I've I've actively sort of decided not to pick it up because it just doesn't seem to me. Same with the um, the devs, other games like the the Little Hope series, or Those is that the name of the, the the Dark Pictures Anthology? That's the one. Little Hope and Man of Medan and yeah, whatever. Um, Which is but, a TV anthology, essentially, honestly. Like, yes, yeah. Which I suppose, again, even blurs the lines even further because cinematic, in this context, almost sort of incorporates TV. It, and that that's where I think the player agency comes in because it's it's narrative over, um, over gameplay, which as any regular listeners of this show will know, I am not really pro at all. <laughs> so i i don't mind cinematic games like the uncharted games are fine um i thought they were all sixes or sevens personally but like that that's just not where i gravitate have you got the fourth one yeah the only one on my list that and lost legacy but i do own it because it it was a free giveaway Fourth is the best one i will say but so i've heard it's very low priority i have to be honest like i'll get to it eventually what I will um, say though is that I like I know what you're saying with Uncharted, but I think the, I think one of the big differences with Uncharted is that despite the fact that it puts you on sort of linear thing, um, they still give you enough control to feel as though you're putting Nathan Drake through these things. That for me feels like it it creates this balance where it's like if I had just watched it, I don't think I'd have given a shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is why they're making the Uncharted movie, and I'm like, it's not gonna be good. Mark Wahlberg Sully, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of the few games that straddles the line and hits both points well, which I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, even if I don't personally like the end product, there are enough people that do that clearly it succeeds. But even if you, um, if you, if you of all people, put it at a six or a seven, that means it must be pretty good. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it's cinematic, if it at least hit that much, I mean, it's got to be okay, right? <laughs> yeah, okay is the specific word I would use. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Paula? What do you think? I more or less agree with what Rick said in the sense of that they take away like a little bit of player agency to put you like this linear path or like make the fight fight scenes like look cool and stuff. Or like um, in the case of Uncharted, this is like a little example that I know because of um, Rasputin. Um, like uh, when his girlfriend like was playing like Uncharted and was trying to climb this thing, it was like, why can't I climb this this part if it looks climbable and I just have to go for this like scripted path? Hmm. Otherwise, like um, I've heard like cinematic games being um, described, and I'm quoting my boyfriend here. There is a bit of gameplay on my movie. Yeah, as in. It says uh, that in some games, for for example, in the Spider the Spider the Spider Man game for PS4. Why was so hard to say that? Um, he said that in terms of the combat, uh, he felt like he was like just pressing the specific buttons to make it look cool. Because um, from what I've seen, it's like more like quick time events oriented sort of yeah sort of i mean i'll be honest with you i think he's way fucking off on that but like um, but but that's only because spider-man is like 
one of the most interactive sandboxy fun things I've ever played where like I get to make cinematic moments. Do you know what I mean? Like I think there's a difference, right? Where it's like I create the moments that I that I love. Um, but also to sort of like steel man that point, the combat does sometimes boil down to build up the points to do to make the game kill the the enemy for me. Yeah. But is, sort that, of thing. is that an issue of cinematic games or is that just an issue of bad brawlers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think no. it's either. I thought it was fine. But in terms of, of cinematic, I think I think it's a valid point, especially mm. if, if you contrast it with something like Doom's glory kills. Like, mm. Yeah, because the, like he's more of on that, um, into that kind of game. Like he played Doom ju- just before he played this. So. Oh, that's um, a weird contrast then. Okay, never mind. I sort of see where he's coming from then, yeah. But in, yeah, ter- in terms of the QTE, it's far more tactical in Doom because you're you're thinking about placement and also you get something back from it in terms of ammo or health or whatever in a way that you don't from Spider-Man. It's definitely an interesting contrast. Sorry, go on. This one I can't really talk about because I haven't played, but I've seen like bits of gameplay and some friends actually played it and talk about the game a little bit to me. And that is Death Stranding. But <laughs> it seems like if it was a movie instead of a game, it would be a far better experience. Norman Reedus Simulator 2019 featuring Monster Energy. <laughs> I didn't play that one either. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I think the cinematic, like what people consider cinematic, is um, can be like super different depending like what the background for that uh, person in terms of gaming in terms of gaming is mm-hmm. um because rick says like it's rather man isn't cinematic some people may say it is some people said that some walking simulator are like more cinematic ish and actually while i was like investigating what kind of games people find cinematic the last of us came up and i was like mm, not really like seeing it at least, like I, I did play like a little bit of The Last of Us One. I, I do, and I really don't see it cinematic. Yeah, I, I do actually. I think, I think, in the sense that it's very narrative focused, and a lot of the gameplay bleeds bleeds away to give you story room. I think it evokes that. It's almost like Uncharted Plus in that sense, mm-hmm. or Uncharted Minus rather, towards the gameplay side of things. I also have to say, like I. <sighs> I think part of this comes down to an issue defining what is meant by cinematic, right? And so I think in a lot of cases, you know, we're talking about the portrayal and the demonstration of of the story, like how the story is presented. And I think the reality is you can't really divorce cinema from film, from um, from video games, from film, of course not, uh, but from games, right? <laughs> because the reality is that when you enter into the 3D realm, and when we've entered into this world in which we are trying to tell stories, there are only so many ways in order to um, process visual images. And so when it comes down to it, um, you yes, you can have some games that do not rely on cinema, but then they end up pulling on other visual, um, uh, visual um, mediums. I often think of photography and paintings and whatnot uh, get pulled from for a lot of things. Comic strips get pulled from. But when we entered into um, the 3D realm, they ha- we had to think, what do we do with the camera? 
right? And so sometimes I think, for instance, I think one of the most cinematic games out there is God of War, the newest one. That in and of itself is the most cinematic game. And we only really complain that a game is cinematic when we lose the control of it, right? God of War is beautiful because it is cinematic. It has a camera. It ha- it's literally like a follow shot the entire time, right? Of someone holding a camera, um, which is a really, that's really beautiful cinematic language. You actually see this language in a lot of movies, a lot of really incredible art house movies. Um, and so... In that game, it seamlessly transfers control away from you and returns it to you in a way that doesn't feel so um, doesn't feel so cheap, you know. Like, you, like uh, mm-hmm. sometimes I think the the critiques of Last of Us probably, at least, or I would imagine, as it being very much cinematic, is that you know you get to play your little sequence. You know, you go through, you do your stealth, you do your little thing, and then it's like, okay, bye bye, pop out as I show you a very controlled camera look at a like basically filmed scene. Right? Um, and I think personally, I am more interested in cinematic games when they take the lessons of cinema and the lessons of blocking and the lessons of framing and of using interesting camera, but they blend it in with their gameplay. And so they, they kind of pull these two things together to create this sort of nice new medium like God of War does. Um, as opposed to something like Red Dead Redemption, which is like, press a button and you can have two black bars come down and make you feel like you're in a movie. And I'm like... There's a whole fucking story about that as well. Yeah. You know, they made they made staff crunch to put those bars in because they weren't initially in. And obviously you have to reshoot every scene with those bars in mind or um, redirect, I suppose, reframe. I, I, I don't have the, uh, the education in that space. I'm probably miswording it. But then... Um, yeah people modded them out within 24 hours of the game releasing anyway. So you have all these people who've been put through the ringer for fucking nothing. I know. I know. And it's, again, uh, but I think, I think you hit on a point though, like in, in terms of cinematic coming with the move to 3d mm-hmm. and, and, and it being how games are framed and shot ties into it. Um, I don't even know that necessarily the disc, because what you're talking about is in terms of dissonance control being taken away um i think you're on something now i don't think it's the dissonance that makes it maybe it makes it a little bit more obvious i don't know but i, I think it's the absence of control rather than the contrast between when you do and don't have control um other slightly related point and feel free to throw some counter examples my way generally games that are grounded in realism mm-hmm. um it, it it's very rare that you you would have it leveled at a at a fantasy game or um, um, something that, that's not sort of believably filmable. Yeah, which is weird, right? Because like Mass Effect is highly cinematic, right? But no one gives a shit because you're controlling the dialogue sequences. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you do things in them. Um, but I, yeah, I think and I that, agree with you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That maybe hits on another thing because like you are there rather than you're a spectator. Um, like to go back to Doom, like first person games, it's rare that you have the cinematic thing Uh pitched that way. And I think that again comes back to the camera. I think it's when, when you are a spectator less than an active participant. Um, and, and when we talk about games like Uncharted and The Last of Us, yes, you're playing that character. Um, but I find often in those games, to a lesser extent, things like Ghost of Tsushima as well, um, you often feel less like you are that character yeah. than you are sort of directing that character to to bring that language full circle in a weird way. 
Um, I don't know whether this is me just mashing thoughts together as we have this conversation, whether that's like a fully formed thought. But um, no, I like. I think that that's certainly an interesting thing within it. Yeah, because you know, sorry, Paula, did you have anything you want to add first? Because I'm going to go off on a slight, not a tangent, but a slight thing. <laughs> I think I had something at one point, but it is gone. Okay, if it comes back, just interrupt me, right? <laughs> Feel free to. So this this makes me want to talk a little bit about Yakuza because Yakuza is, and in general, this is a big trend in Japanese games. And so, okay, this, this is a whole other thing, but like Japan's media landscape, right? They were huge in film for, for decades, right? Some of the greatest filmmakers of all time, Kurosawa, I mean, like, Thinking of Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, 100%. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, Kurosawa, like there's Kurosawa mode, right? But that's a whole conversation. But really, when you, when you look at it, there was a move away from um, filming, like live filming, right? Um, the boom of the anime industry and of animation became huge. Video games coming up became huge. And so I would actually argue that a lot of Japanese creatives have gone into those fields instead of into filmmaking. So now you have products that, and people who I would argue kind of want to be filmmakers are making games and sometimes, you know, and it's like, like the guy who makes Yakuza, I love it, but this dude wants to make mafia movies <laughs> and like, there's no way to make mafia movies in Japan right now, you know? David fucking Cage. Yes. Oh yeah. David Cage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that is a, a, a film guy who just can't find any other outlet. Like, know, right. Um, to speak to your point but weirdly enough though and this is the thing that's weird with yakuza is that like part of me recognizes that it's insane that this thing like it should just be a movie but also i don't think it would be as good if it was a movie um because like the ability to go do all this wacky crazy side quest shit is just so it's just such a game thing you know like it it has such game DNA built into it that I seem to almost forgive the fact that it is two things at once. It is this sandboxy game where you can play hundreds of claw games and go batting and all this random shit and go save, you know, go help a little kid get his copy of the new, you know, not Dragon Quest, but Dragon Quest game while it gets stolen by like increasingly more powerful dudes. You know what I mean? Like all of this kind of like random stuff. And then also have a very intense story that's all cinematic. Um, which, speaking of actually, another slight thing. Um, if you ever want to watch Yakuza, like the movie that clearly inspired Yakuza, watch Tampopo, which is another Japanese movie that I, I watched last night. It is a Western about ramen. But like of a modern day Western. A Western? Yes. Now, about ramen. Yes. <laughs> Literally a spaghetti western. It is. It's a ramen western. Right? <laughs> they were kind of making fun of like the uh, West's usage of Japan as like for the western, and they sort of took it back. And uh, it's wild. It is basically yakuza. If anyone's played Yakuza Zero and then watches that, they'll know exactly what I mean. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think yeah, like like I said, I just sometimes feel like I play a game and I go like, dude, you want this to be a movie, but like you make games. And I think this is a trap that artists get stuck in sometimes is where their medium becomes the only thing they're comfortable creating in when sometimes they have ideas that are actually calling out for a different medium, you know? Yeah. Although I, I suppose there's also an argument that um, having to work within that constraint when it doesn't quite work. Like those are opportunities when some truly amazing things can also be borne out. 
Um, whether that's an edge case, whether it justifies um, Detroit become human and, and all the other sort of abortions that David Cage has uh, shat out onto discs. <laughs> I like weirdly enjoy those games, but at the same time, I'm like, these are so, what is happening? <laughs> um, I got Detroit for free and I'm just not really sure I want to touch it. Like I, 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 Heavy Rain was a fucking weird one. I have to say Detroit is like a pretty hollow like theming wise it's like not a very profound take on humanity and like slavery and stuff it's like a very yeah that, that's not surprising given the auteur <laughs> yeah like when you finish it you're like oh enslaving people is bad jeez who'd have thought david <laughs> like it's just you know, <laughs> it's like that's a kind of as like deep as it gets you know what i'm saying like oh, oh no yeah. i was thinking because like um not too long ago i was um I think it was a sideshow video about what is called the IKEA effect. That if you take part into making something, it suddenly becomes like so much more meaningful to you. So I was thinking that some of these uh, games are like like movies, but 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 with gameplay. I think if there were like just movies. They wouldn't have the same like either cult following or like the same um what's the word I'm looking for? They wouldn't like be as good as they are considered right now. Yeah, they wouldn't have as much of an emotional impact. I mean, I would not care mm-hmm. I would give a rat's ass about Kiryu or Majima if I didn't have to play as them. I just wouldn't have cared, you know, like <laughs> um, but I played them and I liked them. And that's the one that I should say is like TV. It's not a movie. It's a it's a TV show because it does that like recap thing every time you come back to some chapters. And um, honest to God, it's like playing seven seasons of a television show. That's that's what it really is. <laughs> if you play all those games. Oh, I think you hit a point there though, like Pally, in terms of um, what the mediums do differently, like mm-hmm. um, in terms of the pros and cons, because you you have that um, direct input in how the narrative goes. Equally, films don't like gate progression behind your ability to do a an arbitrary button based task. Yeah. But then also films can decide exactly what you see and when you see it and what note of the music's playing while that happens. Uh whereas games have to be a lot more uh flexible unless they take away the agency. And then I think that goes back to your point, Alex, where you say, um, if if what you want to do doesn't quite fit the medium, pick a different medium. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily that easy. It's easier said than done, but um, but we we can say that because we're we're not involved in it. Well, exactly. We're just, and, and we're I, just three trucks on the internet, like yeah. I do think you see other people's work more intensely. Like I said, through Japan, like I think you have Hideo Kojima, you have all these people who, like in in America, we can barely name a single game creator. Like you know what I mean? It's like we can name some, but like the average American or Canadian or you know Brit or anyone is not going to be like, yes, this guy next to like you know a fucking Hollywood filmmaker, right? Like you can name Scorsese, mm. you can't name Cliff. Blazinski. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. To be fair, though, give it 30 years. I reckon that changes. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I do think it's changing. And that, of course, this isn't disparage like their work. I'm obviously I love video games, and I think video game creators here are incredible, and I love it. But um, I do think we will see it change um, in coming years. Um, 
as games uh-huh. get bigger and bigger and bigger. They're just getting bigger. So, <laughs> any last words? You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> games are getting bigger. I think that was a great, great kind of rundown on cinematic games. We didn't come to really any major conclusions, but I think we unveiled some interesting ideas. <laughs> I, in the nicest possible way to both of you and to me, think we handled Hello. that much, much more coherently than I expected we would going. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Were you expecting like a Persona 5 um, is random it really again? A game? Like, is it a new game? Can we settle this question? <laughs> um, I don't know what I was expecting, just not, not that. That's good. All right, well, why don't we go on then to the question of the week from... Yes. Churros? I'm guessing that's how it's spelled, pronounced, like the like the delicious treat. It is churros. Churros. Yep. Mm, nice. Churros. I like the way you say it, Paolo. <laughs> We're gonna do that. Um, what upcoming game are you most excited about? Oh, there's a whole bunch of new games being announced recently. Mm. Yep. There was there was a PlayStation thingy. State of play. We actually had um Oh, what's the name of the thing? It was on March fourth. I watched. Oh, you're talking about like the next expo thing that was on Steam. Oh, like the, no, the, the penguin the... thingy, the penny idea thing or something. Eh? Uh, no, the new game plus expo. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what I meant. I I just got the name wrong. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff right now. Basically, let's <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, yes. I'll, I'll shoot quick if you want to. So like. Go ahead. I at first thought my answer wasn't different from when we did this last time, which was like last year, which was Psychonauts 2. But actually, uh, Resident Evil 8, baby, that is my most anticipated game. I am very ready for that game. I will sink many hours into it. And I will, yeah, I, I'm ready for that. Just my body is ready, Miss Vampire Lady. <laughs> <laughs> lady Dimitrescu. I was literally about to ask you what percentage of your hype is based on Big Vampire Lady. Not really on any at all. It's so funny. Like, everyone's like, really into that, and I was like, oh, she's cool, I guess. Uh, I'm more just like... It's proof, if any, we've been locked indoors too long. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who loves her, though, I, swear... I say all the power to you. <laughs> like, a few minutes after the Vampire Lady appeared on, on the trailer... Twitter went nuts. Like, oh, some of the fan art's amazing. Like, I, I, yeah. I take or leave <laughs> Resident Evil. Like, it's not a franchise I'm bothered about, but some of the fan art was phenomenal. I also love this is such a tangent. Just how wholesome like the devs were about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, they put out a statement saying like, we love how much enthusiasm there is about the game, especially about Lady Dimitrescu. Um, just so you're aware, like, it's canon that with heels and hats, she's like nine foot six or whatever it was. <laughs> it's just like, oh, bless you. That's so good. Um, That's how you lean also, in. yeah, it's the way to do it. Uh, if anyone does want to sort of compare what we say now versus what we said before, I had a quick look before, um, and it was episode six, wishful thinking, uh, when we talked about the uh, the twenty twenty one games we were expecting and and sort of looking forward to, and that was about three months ago. That was the start mm-hmm. of December. Um, I only remember saying Shin Megami Tensei 5, which I'm still very excited for, and I'm sure you are as well, Paola. Um, and I think I would have mentioned the new Ratchet and Clank as well, even though I've got no intention of um, playing that anytime soon, because I'm not going to get a PS5 anytime soon. Um, a couple that I'm getting excited about, and the Fantasy Critic League's lovely for this, because it, it keeps you involved in what's happening when. Um, Narita Boy, which comes out at the end of this month, um, I think I spoke briefly about the demo a few weeks ago when that came out. 
Um, I'm more and more confident that that's going to come good when it drops. Um, there's a game from Mistwalker, which is uh, Sakaguchi's um, company called Fantasian, um, which is on Apple Arcade, but like it's a, an RPG with these diorama settings. Looks amazing. And it's got like this um, twist on, on the turn-based RPG formula where effectively you can turn on a mode. Any battle you are going to happen, those monsters will get added to the pool. And then like you can choose when you want to like make the cutoff and you have to fight them all at once. And it's like a whole big thing. Um, looks really cool. And I'm actually going to um, take advantage of that free month when it drops. Uh, there's that beyond a steel sky and a few others that i want to i want to try and mash out when that comes out um and then there's one other um it escapes me yeah those are the two new versus what what i was already excited about um paula what about you because i feel like you said you had a few that you were looking forward Um, to yeah like i was revising like my list from um was it the, the end of last year or the beginning of this year. And I think, like, overall, like, Breath of the Wild 2 and Gemini with Nancy 5 have to be, like, the games I'm, like, most excited for in terms of um what's going to happen next because, well, Breath of the Wild 2 being, like, a sequel to the first one. And each time I start playing the game, I see, like, more more and more like clues of what could happen or like more and more theories of what could happen in Breath of the Wild 2. And to my of 5, I swear like I just want to play that game already but I know that they have to like give it like the proper amount of time for it not be like glitchy as fuck as what happened with uh, the Nocturne remake in Japan that is still being patched. Is it still being patched? I think it was still being patched. Oh, that's I may criminal. be wrong. It's a PS2 game. How do you get that wrong? It's an excellent <sighs> question, and I wish I could answer it. In terms of other games that I'm like really looking forward to, like it's mostly like localizations of visual novels, and of course the Skyward Sword remake because I'm actually like really excited to get more people into the game that aren't gonna like hate me for making them making them play something with only motion controls. <laughs> Please buy it. We hope you'll buy the game. game uh, actually <laughs> my <score> my well. <laughs> sister <laughs> Actually my sister said something among the lines of I don't know who thought motion controls were a good idea. I think they were drunk in the in the moment they planned them. Yeah, I mean, 120 million in console sales say that it was a it was a <laughs> decent drunk idea for what it's. It worth. is a decent drunk idea, but in terms of this, of how I sorry, my experience with Skyward Sword is like your experience with um, Cyberpunk because I've never had a problem with the motion controls. You too. Yeah, but she says that um, for here is pretty much a playable at some points because of the motion controls. Damn. Yeah. Very different experience. We're using the same type of controller, so I don't know what went wrong there. Go figure. Um, nice. And moving on, like from the games, they actually like 
Okay, this one is kind of cheating because it's not a game they show, but it's more of uh, a tease because like Idea Factory International has like has pretty much taken out such the um uh, the pay, the the patterns for the international release for Amnesia the Amnesia Memories series and the Hakuoki series. Okay. So unless they do something, we are not getting any more games in the series in this part of the world. But at the end of the stream on the New Game Plus Expo, they said, we see you Otome gamers like um, asking a lot about what's if, if we're going to like um, keep releasing Otome. And we're going to have more news on the next few months. So like... So the like Otome community kind of like went nuts that day. <laughs> that actually so because... nice. Hmm? Keep going. Cool. Oh, because like both Hakuoki and Amnesia Memories are like uh, very like beloved in the um, Otome community, at least here in the West. So like uh, pretty much Twitter was set on fire for a few hours after that. Um, but from the actually like announced things, I think Olympia so Olympia Suarez, sorry, is the one I'm most looking for, like from the Otome cool. part of things. And before we move on, I remembered the other game. It's the world ends with you, Neo. God, I hope they do that right. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Actually, did you know there's there's gonna be an anime of the first game? I did. I sort of don't give a shit. <laughs> I sort of too, but it was like are like meh most of the time. I yeah. I enjoyed that story the first time when I played 85 hours of it on the DS. I don't need to see like a uh, a weak retelling of it. I might give it a chance, maybe. I'm add but like one I... other one too, Mario Golf Super Rush, baby! I can't wait. I'm gonna play some golf. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I hope it, it bombs and ruins your fantasy score. Oh, there's no way it's bombing. Not with Cam. I hope it scores serious. like a 40. Yeah, I hope they like do a hot golf. You think Mario Golf's gonna score a 40? You crazy? That that it's been like I, I 10 don't think years it's like hope and I play it. Uh, I don't think it, but I, I hope and I play it. One. That shit's doing but great. I yep. I am praying, please, please don't fuck this up because like the new Pokemon Snap was oh, yeah. looking like beautiful, like what I wanted like the Pokemon Snap sequel to look like. Well, I am consciously optimistic. I'm gonna see the the reviews, but I'm actually like pretty excited for that one. Nice. Well, then let's move on, everybody. Those were the games we're looking forward to, which is so many. Um, you can check them out in the show notes. There's many of them. And, um, and segue from what we're excited about from what to what you're excited to hear us play every week. <laughs> well, that kind of works. It's time for how long to beat the game. Um, Woo! Do you have a game pulled up there, Paula? I forgot it was my turn. That's okay. I can pop one if you want. Three guesses who's editing this pause out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hidden stats. Random. Three, two, one. Let's see. What the hell is this? Um, I'll sort of make you. The way re-roll, it looks like... I don't even know what you said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it looks like a visual novel that is like... Re-roll, re-roll, re-roll. (laughs) Re-roll. Upworld, new and tasty. Or new and tasty. I don't know how to say it. Okay. Yeah, you nailed it. Oddworld. Ah, okay. Oddworld. Oddworld, new and tasty. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Ooh. 
So I'm going to go out on a limb. I I know this isn't super short, but I also don't think it's super long. Ugh, so I'm going to go main 10 hours and main plus 14 hours. I'm not supremely confident about that. I don't have a cat in hell's chance of getting 100%, so I'm going to go for the uh, yeah. two-time, three-hour window. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But- so new and tasty, is that... Okay, hold on. It's basically a HD remaster. It's still the the 2D side-scrolling one. Yeah, right. And it's like a puzzle game. Like In terms of movement, it's a bit like the OG Prince of Persia, where it's all very stilted um, Mm. and sort of specific spacing. I fucking hated it. Like It was a game of the month. Mm. It was one of the first game of the month, actually, when we first started doing those on the forums. And uh, I tried the PS1 version on my PSP. Yeah, I couldn't get on with it at all. Um, I think I gave it about half an hour and just uh, bounced straight off it, which, which is fine. It's clearly got an audience because they're making they're making a new one. Like Soulstorm comes out this year, yeah. and I, I think it's in that vein. I think it's that kind off the back of how successful New and Tasty was. But actually, like I never heard about a uh, Oddworld until the until I hear about the new one. Oh, there you go. Hmm. You know, I think I'm gonna go. Sort of hard for me to tell with this one. Um, That's what makes the game so enthralling. I know, I know. <laughs> makes it so good. Um, I, I, I kind of am with you. Like, I don't think I'm going to do a 100% because I just don't know if there's any, like, special levels or, like, you know what I mean? Like, is there, like, some kind of special modes in this one? Um, there's a special thing where you have to, like, save everyone. And all yeah. I remember is that was an undertaking. I don't know if you can do it in a quick time. You probably can with a guide or something, but I'm certain it's not a simple thing. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, do I think that playing the main part of this game, this is the big question, is like, do I think the main part of this game is longer than 10 hours, which I don't think it is, um, but I'm also not sure, right? Like, is this like... You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to not prices right it, but I'm going to say nine and a half hours. Um, oh, wow. Okay. You're higher or lowering me is what you're doing, Alex. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit higher, I think, for main. But what is main plus in this? What even is? Wow. Truly, this is the question. What is main plus? <laughs> um, oh, I wish I could remember that bloody. Um, Symphony of the Night quote. What is a man? What is what a main plot? Nothing but a miserable pile Okay, so here's here's what we got. Uh, I'm doing nine and a half hours and thirty minutes for main. Main plus is eleven hours and thirty minutes. Paola, what do you got there? I have no idea what I'm doing, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna go with my gut for better or for worse. Okay. Um. I have a feeling that it's going to be like a torture game. So I'm going to go for maybe nine hours because I'm going to do like the three times. Big cheese. Do eight. I'm chasing it. I'm trying to chase this. Big cheese. So I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to go with eight hours for main. Okay. Um, I don't think uh, it will be like much longer to one wait it's an other world like that game and um, you have to rescue people and try to have your people go to the correct like, Monday. Provide. Yeah. yeah yeah so if i'm thinking 100 percent, maybe like going 
uh, doing the 100 percent thing might be like having everyone survive maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe. i want to go higher than yeah. 12 hours Ooh. maybe it's not more than 12 hours okay i'm gonna go eight for main main plus i'm gonna go 10. okay uh, that's not a 10, that's a 0. And um, for 100%, I'm gonna go 12. All right. Hopefully, I don't fuck this up. But... Moment of truth. Let's do it, folks. Let's see what we got. Let's see. So, main story. Seven and a half hours. Oh, is that me busted? I'm good, I'm good. Okay. Main and extras, nine hours. Yes! Completionist. Uh, <laughs> 10 hours and a half. Good job, I think, uh, Paula. I think you've both, you've both nailed it. Paula, um, you, my... you just went up in the rankings, so you're above me now. Um, and now we're getting closer. My, my lead's I'm looking a little for bit you, Rick. So yeah, we've got my Rick at 28, um, Paula at 25, me at 23. Um, uh, I bloody over the pudding on the main plus. Uh, good job, Paula. All right, that's everything for this week. Um, we'll see y'all next week for some Game Boy Game Boy talk. <laughs> I spaced out there. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.